It is podcast time, hockey fans. Thank you for watching this Dan K. Show production presented by the Pueblo Bulls. Welcome back in, hockey fans, to the most watched show in junior hockey. We have a very special guest with us this week. Another broadcaster has joined the Zoom room. We now have a room full of broadcasters, and in preparation for this interview, I could have thought of questions. I could have thought of kind of a line of, of attack, so to speak. But instead, I spent my time thinking about a follow-up to last week's episode where we discussed what we call different groups of birds. And there were some great ones, including a squadron of pelicans. And I thought to myself, what would a group of broadcasters be called? Ooh. And I have come up with a mixer of broadcasters. Because without I mixers, think it's, a it's not a gackle's taken. Also, yeah, you don't get no. to talk yet. I haven't introduced you yet. Oh, sorry. Going back. Taste your own medicine here. And now, now, only now, will I get ready to introduce a man who is part of this mixer of broadcasters, a man who himself has learned how to operate mixers to set up audio equipment, a man angling to take my job so he can save oh. the 50 cents a week he pays me. It's Dan Kay. Dan, welcome to the show. I can talk now. Yes, you feel free. Oh, okay, good. Hi, how's it going, everybody? Uh, Dan K, uh, first time, long time uh, with the Dan K Show. Uh, but no, Lucas, I, I'm slowly learning your job, and I'm slowly trying. You made a quote that a lot of people have come up to me privately. A shocking amount of people. <laughs> a shocking amount of people to tell me that Lucas talked about making himself unfireable. And I am trying to prove you wrong. And I'm trying to prove them wrong so that by the end of this season, it's going to be it's congratulations on your last year. It's your it's your swan song. And that's why we brought on our guest today <laughs> who was our all Dan K broadcaster of the year and premiere. This is a guy who we just talked off the air about me getting names wrong. That should be easy to say. But because I Americanize every name in the world, I have a problem. But it's Brian Gendro of the Hudson Havoc and this guy, if you have not listened to the Electric Factory, that is a Hudson Havoc broadcast on hockey TV. Informative, fun, entertaining, incredible for the parents and families from both sides that take the ice. This guy gets it right every single time. It's one of our favorite listens. He reached out to us last week, Lucas, talked about, hey, maybe at some point we'll get in a podcast. I'm like, no, you're getting on right away. Let's go. Let's talk Havoc hockey. Let's get this done. Let's meet up. We don't get to meet every broadcaster in person. Brian, we're finally meeting you Evite-wise, I guess, or in internet spacing. I don't know what this is. Brian, what's up? Hey, thank you very much for having me. I'm, I'm, as I said earlier, I'm honored to be on the show. Hey, we're honored to have you. I mean, we look at it. We talked eight years. We talked about the this to all the broadcasters, right, Lucas? About eight years ago, we came into this thing, and there wasn't broadcasting in junior hockey, and. Today, we live in a world where guys like yourself, so incredible on the mic, so much to the game that that so much extra is brought when a guy like yourself is on the microphone. We love listening to it. And he kind of talked to me, how did you get into the gig? How did this happen? What made you say, hey, I'm going to take the crazy leap of jumping on a microphone in junior hockey? I think that's a good, you know, as we were talking right before this, I, I thought, man, I, I got to make sure I give a shout out to John Wecken, um, who who runs uh, Hudson Broadcasting, which is how I got brought into the fold. Um, I had worked with John previously. Um, the, the Havocs uh, former play-by-play announcer, Brian Mose, had moved on to, he's going to school at St. Cloud State University, and there was an opening um, 
I, I got introduced to the coach at the time, Brett Wall. Um, and I think it was, it was like a marriage right away. Like, I think we both, we met each other and we're like, wow, we're going to get along. This is going to be a good program. And so I started last year. Um, and then now through some changes with coaching change, but getting some returning players back has been pretty cool too. So I, you know, I kept in touch with the guys a, a bit in the off season, but to show up at the rink on Saturday for our home opener uh, and to see some of these guys and, you know, it was hugs all around it and then get to meet the new players as well. Uh, that was pretty cool. And and talk about Brett Wall. I mean, on the beauty scale, one to a billion, I'm, he's a zillion, right? Like he is, he's an absolute beauty. I love the guy, like talk to him about hockey, moves on to the college ranks. You talk about junior hockey, it's about getting these players to the next level. It happens for the coaches too sometimes, right? And Brett Wall, he makes the move to Lawrence. This is a, this is a guy, what a hire for them. And, and it just puts, it puts Hudson in a great position where he knows the roster there. He knows these players. He knows guys like yourself in that organization, guys like the Sturge. You know, he, he knows he knows who's in this organization. He knows the players. And for me, it creates a great pipeline, right? And and you look at a guy like yourself who's who's broadcasting with the Hudson Havoc. What's what's it like having this new connection in town, it feels like in Hudson with with the university down the road and with what Brett Wall's doing? You know, it, it it's fun when like when you talk about a good hockey player, something that often gets brought up is he's got a motor, a good motor. I would say that Coach Wall is definitely has that characteristic. He's always going. Um, and so th that was a fun way to get brought into the organization. Um, and his he's still he's left his mark. He's he's made a stamp on the, the community of Hudson. Um he has built, you know, a good chunk of this roster. You mentioned Scott Sturgeon as well, the our scout, um, who brought in some exceptional talent this year that I'm, I'm very excited about the team. Um, and then for our now head coach, Jake Howie, to come in and bring his brand to the havoc as well. So a little more offense, a little more run and gun. Um, Howie likes to move the puck, get it out of, get it out of the havoc zone and, uh, into the offensive zone. And so it's a good, especially when you look at how this roster is, is built and made up. Um, it's a great, it's a great group of guys for Howie um, to have. And you can see that so far. So, I mean, we had, we had talked about it's 23 goals for one goal against, which happened on Saturday. Um, this is definitely a, a team that moves fast. They can move the puck um, and they're tough as well. So it was your first time on the call. They finally give up a goal. Do you feel a little bit like the jinx in that moment? Like you were there for it? Is that is it time for a full team rebuild now that you've given yeah. up your first goal? Honestly, yeah, I did. I did feel like it was my. I, I had a part in that. So I, I had said early on in the broadcast that you know, they haven't given up a goal yet this season. That's the last time I'm going to say that. I am. I'm not overly. You know, I'm not superstitious, but I'm a little bit stitious. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And you hear about you hear about it too as a broadcaster, right? Like earlier this year, I had a game where I said, you know, what a clean start, no penalties in the first period. Oh, and sure. they dropped the puck to start the second. And when I tell you, it, we were skating three on three at one point in the second period. It was just a mess, and we started getting tweeted at from folks saying, "Way to go, Dan! Jinx right. it! You put us in this spot." But right? if you're getting tweets, that means people are listening, right? That feels good. Hundred <laughs> percent. That's. Good or bad, right? You look at it, good or bad, people are listening. That's what it's all about. I mean, look at this team. 23 goals. You go eight rip to start the season, five rip, four rip, six one. This team doesn't allow shots on net. Howie's got the boys buzzing right now. 
You're going into Fogarty, into the Minnesota Showcase. You got to play Ogden, Utah Rapids back to back to back here. Talk about is this, does it feel like the room's excited for these games? Is it one of those things where it's like, okay, here comes a test, here comes the wall that we're about to run into? What, what's the vibe right now in Hudson with these guys coming up? Yes. And I, and you know, I would say as a broadcaster, I'm not, I'm not in the locker room every single day. I, you know, I don't think I necessarily needed to say that. Um, but it, I think these, these first two games right out of the gate, uh, Utah and Ogden, they're going to be good tests. And I think that's, um, I think the Havoc are looking forward to that. And also it's, it's needed. Let's see a little adversity, see how, see how we respond. Uh, like Saturday. And actually I, in the game before that too, on Friday, the Havoc scored early and there's, it's, it's a different vibe when you're playing up one, two, nothing first way or halfway through the first period, uh, then you might be when it's zero, zero halfway through the second, it's a little bit different. I think um, the Havoc played an outstanding first period on Saturday. And then the second period was probably one of the worst that they've had all season. So to see that them bounce back, score some goals in the third and really ice that six to one victory certainly helps. And there's, you know, there'll be some familiar faces here coming up. So um, the Ogden Mustangs, that's Elijah O'Neill was on the Havoc last year. So he'll get to uh, see some of his friends, former teammates on the Havoc. That that game's tomorrow. Um, and then the Wisconsin Rapids River Kings, there's three guys that are on the Havoc right now that were on that team last year, which that was uh, the River Kings hosted the Havoc in the playoffs last year. Oh. And what an atmosphere. That they have a band like a, like you would at a at a, a traditional high school game, a pep band that is playing. They sell the place out. There's a beer garden. It is a tough place to a tough away environment to play in. Um, and so there are familiar faces there as well. Yeah, we went up there for the what was it Lucas the Cranberry Fest was up there. Yeah, we did the cheese curd couple couple years back. And there was a big cranberry costume just behind me the entire day. <laughs> me, me and Rowdy, the River King mascot. We've got a bit of a rivalry. I got him tossed from an outdoor game in Chicago once. So it's kind of a thing like he and I, he and I battle it out. We've gone to blows a few times. We've dropped the mitts. <laughs> and I will tell you, Rowdy stares me down every time I'm in Wisconsin Rapids. It's a tough, it's a tough road trip for me. It's a big crowd that I get during that series with Hudson. We got chirped by the broadcast team. Oh yeah. They yeah. were chirping a Dan Kasher on the broadcast saying, who do those guys know? <laughs> Hudson, and then Hudson won it. So, I mean, what did we know? Apparently we knew the right answer on that one. So right. I don't want to step on you the whole time. What do you got, Lucas? Well, I, I think uh, the funny thing about that mascot incident is that we didn't set up the official to toss the mascot Rowdy the River King. Oh. That official legitimately had to throw the mascot out of the game <laughs> because he was – I guess living up to his namesake. Well, we, were we were battling, and I, I put him up against the glass, and I think that was too much for the official yeah. who threw out the mascot, but not the human who was fighting him, <laughs> which I really appreciate. <laughs> so, Brian, you talked about um, you, you said you know you're not in the, the locker room every day, but we also did talk a little bit uh, before we started recording about kind of your relationship to the players, but to the community as well. Right. That that you had some interactions with some parents. Um, and I think I think that is something I'd like for you to talk about kind of on the air here, because so many times when we talk about the importance of a broadcaster, you know, of course, there's the importance to, you know, scouts, coaches at the next level who 
want to be able to hear what's going on. They want to be able to get that narration. But every single one of these players, you know, is is looking for, I think, more than that, too. And you have parents and, and guardians and relatives who are watching, you know, people yeah. that, that they know and they love play hockey. So talk about your interaction with the parents um, and the community of Hudson over the last year or so. Yeah, I don't think coming into this that that's um, something that I would have that I would have expected that that I would have created um, a bond with the players and then their their parents as well. So I guess I didn't fully answer the first question of kind of how I got here and that that'll tie into this. So um, I went to school at the University of North Dakota. I had done play by play up there uh, for a couple different sports. And then when I moved back to Minneapolis, I was doing um, high school sports streamed online. And, you know, I would be doing girls basketball on one side of the city. And then the next day I'm doing boys hockey um, on another side of the city, completely different community. And so to, to have this opportunity to be the mainstay voice at a team and really get taken in by the team as, hey, you are one of us. It's been a very cool experience. And, you know, I'll have parents come up to me. Um, it's halfway halfway through the season. And after the after the game, you know, we go out to Jonesy's local bar and grill as a team um, to, to hang out, have a meal after the game. And I'll have parents come up to me and say, hey, are you Brian? Yep. You know, who's what did I do? And, yeah. <laughs> and I, I'm so and so I'm so and so's dad or I'm so and so's mom. And, you know, we live in California, Colorado, Illinois. Um, and, and Hey, you know, I think you do a great job and I just, they've communicated to me that I, you know, I'm the voice that brings their kid to them back home, that I'm the connection there. And that I didn't expect, I guess I didn't, when I, when I took the job, I didn't realize the, I don't take that lightly, um, that the, the impact that that has on, on these families, which is pretty cool. And, and I will say, I, I, I don't take myself too seriously, right? Like at the end of the day, I'm, I'm, I'm standing up and having fun and, and talking about something that I love to do. Um, but to realize that there was a, a bit of a responsibility in there is, is really cool. And then the other thing is I didn't expect, I guess I had said like the bond with these players of, I mean, I, I I'll leave those, those evenings at Jonesy's and I'm thinking about these guys on the way home of just like, I just wish them well, if, whether it's hockey or whatever they do in their life after this, after the time that we spend together, it's, I, I truly believe in some of them. I, I made a joke. There's a couple guys that, that graduated out last year and I'll, I'll say their name now, Kenny Torelli, who was uh, goalie of the year um, two years ago. And then Sean Potts, who was the captain one of the captains last year, I make a joke that those, those two guys are more mature than half of my friends. Uh, <laughs> the way that they operate, the way they, they go about their business and just their, their maturity level um, is, is pretty cool to see. So no. to, to be around that. And then the cool thing now of coming back for my second year, watching some of these guys grow um, there's players on this team that, I mean, they put on at least 10 pounds of muscle in the, during the summer and to see what they looked like last year from being a, you know, a second, third line defenseman to an assistant captain on the first line. Like that is cool to see. It's cool to be a part of this growth. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you, you know, and that's, that makes it even easier to, to talk about it. Right. Cause you're not just talking about what's going on on the ice with the players. You're, 
you're throwing in stuff like that, right? Stuff that someone who's watching these kids for the first time might not know that, hey, they worked their butt off in the offseason. They put on 10 pounds of muscle. They're coming back stronger and faster than ever. So like, Sure. And then and then to meet some of these families or these parents and get like, the inside scoop a little bit and then get to share that on the broadcast is fun because now there's a there's a little extra knowledge. But one thing I will say that I challenge myself every game to is to be neutral. Because although this is a, this is a home game and I, and I am, you know, I'm here on behalf of the Havoc, there's a whole other team of player players there that their families are paying attention to. Um, one thing that was that was told to me halfway through the season last year that stuck with me. If you say someone got hurt. If they come limping off the ice, they're like, Brian, can I please get an update? That's my yeah. son. I want to make sure that you know, Hey, is he going back out on his shift? Is a trainer looking at him? And that was an eye opener for me of like, you get to that idea of there's a family on the other end of that, um, that there is, they care, right? I like, that's my, if I have a job, that's probably what, a pretty important part of it. Um, and so that's, I would just say this, this game, this past Saturday against the mullets, one place I would like to give credit is Alex Falkenhagen, the goaltender for the mullets is very good. He's been seeing a lot of shots, a lot of shots this year. Um, and he's outstanding. I, I got to see him last year. He was, he was on the mullet. So he came back this year. Um, he's an outstanding goaltender. I want to give him credit while I have a, a platform. to do so. <laughs> And that's it. Like you look at it, we see so many performances. We saw Ben D Fiore and like sometimes in junior hockey, the best performances come out of your worst loss. Right. And we're in Pueblo, Colorado and the Pueblo Bulls put 88 shots on Ben D Fiore. He made 81 saves and not 81 like into the pads, hold on tight. Like about 75 of those, I would have pulled a hammy. I would have had a joint <laughs> form. I would have had shoulder muscles gone. My labrum would have been busted. Like the kid was just standing atop his head. And it, that's the stuff we love too, right? It's You get to see those moments where it's like, hey, man, maybe it's 6-1. Maybe the Mullies didn't win it. Maybe, maybe it was a tough game for him. Maybe there's 57 shots on goal. But look what you did in that. Look at this storyline that comes out of it, right? And that's the stuff that people, I think, forget about junior hockey so much is that no matter the score, there are kids playing hockey, right? And like you see in media and junior hockey, there's such a there's such this like a venomous tact at times from folks that are writing about this sport or writing about teams or writing about people, and they're treating it like these kids are grown men. They're learning the game, right? You're and you're learning with them. Like you're you're learning what they need, what they need to grow on. You're watching this day in and day out. And it, it's what I'm so passionate about. So we see that in you when we listen, right? When we no, listen to the game. And, and you know, that's cool. Cause it's not like, like this is before all of the, the glory, if you will, right? They're not coming in on a PJ. They're, they're bussing, if not in a van to get here. They're no. eating peanut butter and jelly sandwiches before the game, right? Like it's not filet mignon. And I think that's, that part of it is cool, right? To see that. And then to see these guys grow and, and play well. Yeah. And, and there's such a passion for the game at this level. And there's, it is a family ordeal. And like when you, I always tell, I just had a, sometimes we have to have a tough conversation with a young broadcaster, right? We had a guy, I won't call out a team or anything, but he had a struggle on the broadcast. He had some complaints, right? And it was a little bit, a little bit on the wrong side of the spectrum and a little bit too biased. You talk about trying to be a bit neutral on these broadcasts because of hockey TV. And what he didn't, what I try to explain to folks is, at this level, 90% of your viewership, when you're the home broadcaster, is probably the other team's fans. 
right? Because they just bust right. along. They traveled. So it's like, yes, there's a lot of your parents listening, but there's a ton of the other team. There's not a home and away broadcast in the USPHL. So you're talking about the other team's kids too. And that's what that's what's so fun about the way you handle your broadcasts. I can listen to you as a Hudson Havoc fan or a Hudson Havoc hater, and I can have an incredible time. I can have an enjoying, like I can enjoy myself listening to, listening to that game. And it helps the kid too, because scouts, the, the budgets for scouting in college hockey have gone away after COVID. Guys aren't traveling the country anymore to watch these games. They watch on hockey TV. They all talk to us about it. At the two or three events we see them at now each year, they're watching hockey TV. So kids on the Hudson Havoc will have a better chance of getting picked than a team that doesn't have a broadcaster, a team that doesn't do a good job of camera work, or a team that's, that doesn't put the money and the time and effort into hockey TV. You're helping teams that come into your barn, and you're helping your team as well. And, and it's something we love. Well, and I think there's there's one thing I, I'll say to whichever healthy scratch is helping me run the camera that night is, you know, we, like, we're we trying to put tape film, on, like uh, this play on tape oh. to help your peers move to the next level. Like, So I know following the use, doing the camera isn't always that fun, but there is, you know, you're going to be watching this in film which is one thing that I kind of cringe at thinking if they're watching film and it's my voice over and over again, that might get a little tiring, but the fact that there's, there's scouts that are watching this and, you know, make your, make your teammates look good. Yep. And and I've had, you talk about watching film back. I have had <laughs> so many clips that coaches have sent me of either me, we RC like the head coach of the Richmond generals. I call him Mr. Light and sweet because he apparently takes his coffee with like 10 sugars and like a bunch <laughs> And, and he's a, he's a former brawler back in the day. Like when he played, he survived on brawling and dropping the gloves. So I, I I chatted him up a bit on the broadcast, and he said he's just sending me clip after clip of me making fun of him. And he goes, "Can't wait to see you at the next event." Yeah. And I was like, oh, no, I was like, "Oh no, we're in trouble." I bruised like a peach, coach. I'm like, "Leave me be. We're just having fun." <laughs> I love it. But yeah, we let's get to the broadcast a little bit here. Let's get into broadcasting. I like to get. We're all any of us that put the mic on, right? Any of us who, who get on the air, we're, there's a little nerdy side to us, right? We like the broadcast, we like the gear, we like to we like to talk about the voices that put the voice together. Like for me, I always talk about my influences. Like, and Lucas has to listen to the the, the impressions again, right? Like, I grew up Southern New Jersey. The local guy I always listened to. I was a Yankee fan, but I listened to the Phillies broadcasts all the time for Harry Callis. That's a deep drive to left center field. Out of here, home run. Like nothing better. So I heard the professionalism, right? And then I grew up on Dickie V. It's also baby with a capital A. <laughs> Come on, Lucas. This makes Dickie V a back. But you know, you and you I looked at those two and I said, like, I want to be both. Right. I want to be able to be Harry Callis. I want to be able to be dry and have a deep drive to right center field home run. But I also want to be fun and entertaining. And like I want to give something to the viewer at home that's like that they're not getting somewhere else. Like what were what were your influences? Who are your influences? Top four. Your well, mount- so I had a I you know, when I knew coming into this, I was gonna have to have a, a Mount Rushmore. <laughs> And it was way harder to put together than I thought. Because the top of my list is Doc Emmerich. I think if I could be half as good as him ever, uh, that that would be a big accomplishment for me. I think he's outstanding. He sets the sets the precedent as far as hockey goes. Yeah. But I love that you went local because I think I what I challenge myself on this list is, I mean, you could just I could take Thursday night football, 
a college football guy, Sunday and Monday night football. And those, you know, Al Michaels, Joe Buck, those guys, your national guys would, would, could make your list pretty easily. Uh, but I grew up on John Gordon from the Minnesota twins. He's their, their radio guy. He's yep. got, touch them all Kirby Puckett. Uh, <laughs> and that's, like that's somebody that I like when I think of twins baseball, I think of his voice. He's, he's now retired. Um, but he, like he is somebody that I like, man, I love just being in the car or having the radio on in the garage, whatever it is and oh. listening to him. Um, I was overseas at one point when the twins got beat by the Yankees in the world series, which happens too often. And <laughs> it, that's all I had was the radio to be able to listen it. You know, I'm staying up in the middle of the night, um, this was when I thought the twins actually had a shot. Uh, yeah. I've, I've gotten numb to some of this as a, I don't believe in the five and one Minnesota Vikings right now. Although I want to, <laughs> I've been through this too many times. Uh, yeah. So John Gordon's definitely on that list. And then another one, which, so I said, I'm a, I'm a Sioux alum. I'm a, I'm a UND alum. So this is, yeah. but I grew up in the Minneapolis area. Frank Mazzocco and Doug Woog used to do uh, gopher games growing up on MSC back in the day, which doesn't exist anymore. Um, and that was top tier broadcasting. I loved, loved those guys. That's again, I, I grew up on that. So I have oh. a lot of friends that are from Grand Forks that are you friends of mine from UND and they would give me grief about this or even <laughs> you know the, the guys that they grew up on broadcasting UND, who's now Tim Hennessy on the radio uh, oh. among the, the other guys on Midco that um, those guys are great, but I, I grew up on Mizako. I, I loved him. And then my list go is long. I, I have to say Jim Nance. Jim Nance. Hello, friends. Yes. I mean, I think he, he does it all. He's outstanding, and that gets away from hockey a little bit. Um, there's one name that I – you guys were just down in Florida? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I live down here now. I'm down in Palm Harbor. Okay. So uh, – Red Deer Randy Moeller on the Panthers oh, broadcast. Come on, uh, I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of his. So I have I have family down uh, that way. So I've been to a couple Panthers games, and you know it's like it made my day. Hey Red Deer, and he give me he'd give me a head nod. I mean he has no idea. Yeah, that I look up to him. But I yeah I, I wanted to make sure I brought that up because that's a between my uncle and I that's a guy that we love. And it it builds so much like what people. I think miss sometimes or take for granted is the voices behind the teams are what stamp in our minds. Right. Even with oh, yeah. it's like, I still think of there's a drive the left with Aaron Boone, right off of Tim Wakefield. I still think of John Sterling taught the, on the Yankees radio broadcast on WFAN talking about like an A-bomb from A-Rod as A-Rod hits a home run, you know, like, you still you still remember these moments. Like I can I can cement not even a Phillies fan every Phillies moment from the moment I was born until Harry Callis retired in the two thousands of just that's a deep drive to the left center field. Ah, here Mike Lieberthal does it again. Like <laughs> I remember guys like just off the cuff, and it's just it it leaks into what you do in this in this business. Like I fall back on things that I've heard from guys, right? Like you pick up waffle boarded away from Doc Emmerich and you Absolutely. say, right? Like it's they coined terms that didn't exist before, and and it just it creates there's so much importance to it. And at this level of the game, you get to cement 
memories that other leagues or other teams at times aren't cementing for their kids because they don't have Brian Gendro on the mic. Right. And that's, that's what I love so much about what we all do. Definitely. Well, and it's been kind of cool. You know, I, I think when I started this, I kind of felt like I'm in my own little bubble. I don't, um, we've been, I, I started asking for feedback of, Hey, tell me where you're listening from. Cause that's so, so fun to hear that grandma and grandpa are listening in Florida and aunt and uncle are in Texas, but we're up in Wisconsin. Um, but then to hear the players get fired up about it, you know, like they'll send me a, a clip or, you know, Hey, nice call on my Ben Stewart scored last week who told me before the game, he was going to score. And he said, I hope you have a sick call. Uh, <laughs> so then he scored. And he was like, yeah, nice call. And I'm like, it's early. It's early in the season. <laughs> Keep scoring. I'll get better. Yeah. We had a, uh... This year so far, I think the our viral clip is uh, Santino Capone. He's a kid kid out of New Jersey, right? Where yep, Jersey plays, yep. and he had the gobble goal. So I gave I gave him a gobble goal. <laughs> yeah, the game winning gobble goal. But you know, you get you get those fun moments, and like these guys too. Like it ends up on a highlight reel that they send to a college, and I guarantee you, I talk to coaches, I talk to scouts. It helps. It makes the play sound better and look better, right? Like we all have a very similar camera angle in hockey. It's a little bit far away. The puck's very small. So there's times where the voice on the call and your your excitement or your entertainment or your value of what you've done to it, it might set the difference in a kid's highlight reel and what he put together. So fun for me to watch. Like Lucas, uh, Lucas is what your favorite broadcasters. Who does who does chess? <laughs> uh, we we did we did finally talk about uh... Lucas is a big chess guy. He's, we, we he's like Lucas well, somebody... likes guys. Who's Somebody finally over. asked me that question. We were on the Around the Horns podcast in uh, in Pueblo, Colorado, and they they asked uh, who our influences were. And I mean, John Sterling obviously is a big one, but I'm a big Pat Summerall fan. I I am a very you don't always hear me do play by play because I'm usually you know color or bench interviews, but that uh, hands the ball. He's at the twenty tackled at the 22 for a two yard gain like that very we had a coach kind of text us in the middle of one of my play-by-play calls and he goes i just like to sit by the fire and listen to lucas call a hockey game (laughs) (laughs) you know what's kind of interesting about that too is that that totally reflects in in the two of you personality so the fact that dan said dan said dickie v (laughs) and you said pat summerall like that that is it's your your personalities are a little different and then so of course you would look up for you know like this uh, guys that or gals that resonate with your personality. Yeah, that's it. Like Lucas and I basically always joke that we turned on its head like John Madden and Pat Summerall the wrong direction. Like it's if John Madden did the play by play and Pat Summerall was doing the color, right? And it's sure. and you always love John Madden. It's where we got the idea that you are an all Dan K team member. We have the best team of all time to put together. We definitely beat Lucas's team. And <laughs> just remember, Lucas didn't pick you. I picked you because I <laughs> and but you look at it that old Dan K team that we put together at the end of each season that came from my love of John Madden and it came from the old Madden team where you watch that I don't know if you've watched the Madden documentary I, I suggest everyone listening go watch it if you haven't but you heard from players that said they didn't care at all whether they were all pro or they're on the Pro Bowl team or whatever what they cared about at the end of the year was that they made the all Madden team because they knew it wasn't the guy with the prettiest stats. They knew it wasn't the guy who had the most targets as a wide receiver. They knew it was the guys who put in the work, the Heinz wards on the outside blocking for the Pittsburgh yeah. scores as a wideout, right? 
those were the guys that John Madden wanted to call out because those are the guys that make a winning team. And that's what we do with what with with these teams we put together. Like so many times in junior hockey, you fall in love with the top 25 guys in the point sheet. You Google, you go to USPHL.com, you hit the stats and you go, okay, this kid's got a hundred points. He must be the best on the planet. Yep. And he's a great player. It doesn't make him worse to be. You Being a top point getter is great. But there's other parts to the story, right? You look at a guy like Tyler McNeil with the Jersey Hitman this year at the NCDC level. He's playing in Fresno last year. He's the fourth leading scorer. But he was the guy on my team. There, there was two guys with 100 points I could have picked that I didn't pick for the all Dan K team. I picked Tyler McNeil. Called him McNasty, right? And he goes to the NCDC. Nobody was looking at him except for Jersey. Jersey looks at him because I talked about him on the all-day and K team. They bring him in. This kid is leading the NCDC in points this season through the first four weeks of the season. And guys were calling me crazy last year for picking him over other guys in his team. And it wasn't any, it wasn't a, to the chagrin of the other guys, but there's just little things you can see a guy do day in and day out that sets him apart. And that's the Great. stuff John Madden called out, the stuff we try to do. And it's again, you talk about influences, man. That that's where it all comes from. That guy on the Havoc last year, and I would assume he returned this year, is Logan Milhausen. Uh, yep. We've said, I mean, he eats pucks for breakfast. I've never, I don't know if I've ever seen anybody block as many shots as as he does. And that's to your point. Like, if you just catch one game, you might not notice that. But when it's three games in a row, and this guy's probably blocked thirteen shots, and we still have a third period to play, like it's it's worth talking about. Yeah. And then it makes you kind of cheer those guys on or, or pull for them. So when they do score, that's well earned. Yep. Yeah. And, and it's, it's one of those things. I mean, third line scoring at the next level, it's third line scoring. It's fourth, the fourth line being able to come out and punish you. Look what the St. Louis blues did coming from last place to winning a cup a few years back. What did they do? They hit on the fourth line. The fourth line hit the heck at it. You were bruised and battered by the time that line was off the ice. You didn't want to, you, the moment you'd see, the moment they jumped over the boards, heads were up, heads were turning. Where are they? On a swivel. You're getting third line scoring. You get a guy like Ryan O'Reilly going off in the postseason all of a sudden. It's like there's so much that goes into a winning team in hockey. Momentum can shift so quickly. It's a physical contact sport. You can change the game by playing the way Milhausen does. You can absolutely turn the game on his head. And my favorite thing that when I would talk to Brett Wall about hockey and still do at the next level in college, it's not the guys who are scoring five, six, seven goals a game or a week that are the ones who tend to succeed the most. It's the guys who are doing the little things, right? Killing penalties at junior hockey, the guys that are blocking shots, the guys that are dishing out hits, who are wearing the hits and making the plays. Like those guys succeed in the NCAA because everybody's big, everybody's skilled, everybody can score three a game. Right. In the right. right. So it's it's just you look at this Hudson Havoc team. You guys got a fun squad this year. Do you think that my prediction will be correct? I made a prediction before the season started. We do our way too early predictions. Yep. In bad shape right now because the Moose have started off slow. I predicted between the Moose and the Havoc, they play a total of 88 games. They would combine for 70 wins. Do you think it happens? 70 wins out of 88 games for the Moose and the Havoc together. I'll say yes. There we go. Which, well, it's actually kind of funny between Coach Howie and uh, assistant coach Dean Talfus last Saturday, um, I knocked on wood about something. I, I want to say it was the the goals against and they both like, Brian, what we want to be around winners. Like, don't be knocking on wood. You can make these things happen. So to answer that question. Yes, absolutely. And I would love, I would love to, to pump or or to 
bring a little light to something that those, so those two teams play each other the weekend of veterans day, the Minnesota moose and the Hudson havoc. They have a home and home. Uh, they're doing veteran appreciation at the home ranks for each team. And they're doing uh, military inspired jerseys as well. So I just saw a picture of, of the Havocs uniforms for that series uh, just an hour ago, but something, if, if you're in the area, you know, a veteran, um, I haven't, we don't have the details set as far as, uh, you know, if we're, you bring a veteran that they get in free, something like that. But if, if you have a, if you have a veteran in your life and you're in the area, we would love to have you out for a game. That is awesome. That is Friday, November 11th at Fogarty Ice House, 7.05 p.m. Central Standard Time puck drop. And then Saturday night at the Hudson Sports and Civic Center, 7 p.m. Central Standard Time puck drop. Be there. It is going to be an incredible time. I know I talked to Scott about it a little bit as well. He's so excited for it. The schedule coming up for the Hudson Havoc, Ogden, Utah, River Kings, Battle Creek, River Kings, River Kings, Moose, Moose, Cherokee, Metro Jets. Wow. That is <laughs> the buzzsaw of all buzzsaws coming up. You've also got MJDP and Decatur mixed in there as well. It is going to be a difficult road to climb for this team, but I'm telling you what, the roster returning this year, Lucas, it it just looks it they remind me of the Blue Ox last season. They feel like world beaters. I think uh I think the, these games will be a good test. I do feel like the Havoc are deep. So nope. if they're, you know, if they're shuffling around some guys with, you know, a handful of games, like you just look at uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, uh, or two on Friday coming up, right? Yes. Yeah. So four games in three days coming up. I mean, that, that requires depth as does the national tournament. Uh, another thing is this Havoc team is tough. I, I noticed it on Saturday, I think. Um, and I just mean that, that little extra grit that, um, finishing checks, that kind of thing. I do think uh, as good as last year's team was, I think this team is a, might be just a little deeper and a little tougher. And both of those things are that, that helps you make a run in the playoffs, right? Yeah. And, and it's, it's what you need. And we talk about the playoff structure will be getting released soon here by the league. It's, it might look a little different this year. It's going to be a deep run to get to that title. You're going to need multiple net miners. You need two net miners going to win a championship in this league. You need depth. You need scoring depth. And you also just need guys that that can play through those, those cement skate days, right? Those days where you lace them up and your feet just feel like they are an extra 100 pounds in those shoes. It, it can be tough, but it's the slot can happen. Lucas, before we get to the end of this, do you have any more questions? I feel like I've just kept you on the sidelines. I chirped you about your broadcasting likes. Go ahead. Do you have anything else for Brian before we get to the close of this? I think watching the team so far, I agree with, you know, what, what a lot of you, uh, a lot of the things you've said, I think the one thing that I latched onto is when you talked about the toughness of the team, because when you look through the first four games, you know, a lot of times you'll see teams with high goal differentials, right? Uh, give up a lot of goals. Don't give up a lot of goals, but it's a little bit different for me to see a high goal differential with only one goal given up at all. And I think the difference between a team who gives up maybe you know, through four games, eight goals, maybe nine goals, and a team who gives up one is toughness. There zero mistakes, right? That that to me is the signal of a team that does have toughness, that that is shooting for a level of perfection and could potentially have that national could be able to make that deep nationals run 
from your perspective so far, I mean, does it look like this team has an extra gear that separates them from the competition? I, I will say yes. I think the next couple of weeks we will really be able to tell. Um, I, I think there's, you know, it's especially you think of the age of these players, no matter what you walk into, you go into this tournament four and oh with a 23 and one goals goal differential. I feel like you're walking in with a little bit more swagger. Right. And so everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the mouth. Right. Yeah. So how is, what is that going to look like? I, I'm excited to see. I, I do think this is a, this is a team that the depth and toughness uh, leads me to believe they're built to make a run. Um, but we will see. I, I love that you brought this up because I wanted to make sure I brought up your leading goal scorers for the Hudson Havoc last year. They're both back. Patrick Noonan, whose brother Jack is now on the team, and Harvey Dove. Those two collectively have one goal so far this year. They had 38 last year. So to see that this team is rolling and it's, it's rolling, it's getting scoring from all, all four lines. Top three point getters right now are, are D-men your top scorers really haven't even hit their stride yet. Like I would be very surprised if Harvey Dove doesn't walk out of this, this weekend with a handful of goals. Um, he has four assists so far in the year, but that's your first line center. And he's a goal scorer um, that so to, to know that to, to me, that's what that extra gear is, right? That there's, there's still lines are still getting figured out that guys are clicking, but there's still opportunity to, to kick it up a notch. Yeah, and, and this Hudson Havoc team this season, folks, if you haven't had a chance to tune in yet, you go to Hockey TV and you go to you can find the schedule at USPHL.com, first of all. But you go to Hockey TV, you tune in, especially those Havoc home broadcasts. Brian Gendro is the old Dan K broadcaster of the year. He is, uh, he's, as we say in the game of hockey, a beauty. Uh, and you know, it's, this is what we do. We, we do, we work with the best Brian's the best of the best. And Lucas, uh, you definitely lost the broadcaster position when it comes to, uh, all Dan K versus all Lucas J. I have to bring this up quick. Lucas, I see you have a, a Fulton brewery hat on. Yes. <laughs> uh, did you wear that specifically for me? That's a Minneapolis. Brewery. I, I did wear that specifically for you. Cause I, I think love- actually, uh, I will be, I think I'll be in the rink against the, uh, on the fourth or the fifth with the games, the home games against the river Kings, I'll actually be in Minnesota on that weekend. So I was planning to come out and check out one of the, uh, one of the games at the home rink. Love it. I look forward to having you. <laughs> Lucas Jones, Mr. Minnesota. He'll be out there. You know, this is he's Lucas. you really, when me and Lucas go out to Minnesota, he fits in so much better than I do. <laughs> I'm like, I am real great. The folks in like Florida love me. You know what I mean? Like I'm a, I'm a real Florida guy. Like you could catch me wrestling a gator or like hanging out with a group of raccoons any day, but like <laughs> I, I am, that's I I love that you just called yourself great. (laughs) (laughs) uh, Here's the one thing. Here's what I'll tell you, Brian. No one's more humble than me. Like I am, I always talk about this. Like I am the most humble person on the planet. Like nobody can even compete with my humility. It's Lucas, you agree? Yeah. And I think if you, Brian, if you look in his Zoom window up in the left hand corner. Yeah. (laughs) So this was. Brian, so I used to so I used to work at uh, at Major League Baseball in the NHL, and I had this in the office, and it I awarded myself the Employee of the Month each month, <laughs> and I would change I would change my picture each month in the Employee of the Month and announce to the office that I yet again 
had one employee of the month and hang it back up. And it did, it went over, it went over as well as you'd imagine. Everyone would ask me, who's the voting committee? And I said, I, I, yeah, am looking at him. I mean, I, I know how hard I'm working. You guys just aren't showing up enough. You, know, you got to get the morale going in here. But yeah, so you can see, I, I know how to award myself because no one else is awarding me, Lucas. Where are my trophies? Where are my accolades? They're, uh, they're all self-made. I mean, I you, was, are the, you are the one with the account that makes the, tr- the the shopping account that makes all our trophies for us. So feel free to award yourself whatever you like. I awarded myself this Dan K. Show Cup Series Tiki mug. That's what I got myself. <laughs> That's a nice unit there. We yeah. have, I've been waiting for my Broadcaster of the Year award to come in the mail. I, I assume you just don't have my address yet. I I assume that we haven't made them yet. Um, <laughs> so we we should be making awards. I need to make... I'll figure it out. Maybe I could put like a trophy, like a little broadcaster on top of this tiki mug and it'll be a trophy. Put a little <laughs> hockey guy up there. <laughs> we, can send you, we can send you a tiki mug and a Dan K show mug. I've got like the shop right now on my desk. I just had a bunch of stuff get delivered to me. We've got Dan K show coffee mugs. Oh yeah. Yes. It's a pretty, for an audio podcast though, Lucas showing <laughs> Really showing off the merch on the audio yeah. format. <laughs> I'm, really, I'm really hitting home for our 10,000 plus listeners right now who are going, what? As they're in the car, what are you showing him? Apologies, everyone. Just everyone keep your eyes on the road. Don't get too frustrated. <laughs> well, Brian, we've had an incredible time with you. We're going to get to our parting words. As we know, Lucas, let's hear how great yours are. That's it. He, this is what he does, Brian. He doesn't give parting words. And this is why I have to make awards for myself. But Brian, we always have our parting words for our guests each and every week. What are your parting words for the folks at home? What do you want to close with? The floor is yours. Uh, so I, I mentioned the, the current coaching staff, um, Jake Howie, Dean Talifis. I didn't mention Marty Dick, um, who's in outstanding coach, a great guy. Again, one of the one of those people that's that's brought me into this community, right? So Dean and Marty were um, a part of Coach Wall's staff, and now, now they're still with the team and they're skating with the guys. Um, I, I'm i very thankful to be in my position, and I'm very thankful that you asked me to interview. Um, there's definitely a part of me that I'll probably get a little grief from some of the players if there's there's certain, certain guys I, I probably haven't given a, a shout out to that I should. Uh, but in all honesty, they're the ones that they put, they put the work in, they put the product out on the ice and I just get the opportunity to, to try to, to talk about it the the best I can. And I'm still looking for my thesaurus and trying to get even better. So, um, thank, thank you to, to everybody. And, um, I'm looking forward to what this season's going to bring. I think the one thing we didn't talk about, so the Havoc had played four games. There's teams right now that have played like 13, if it's not insane. more. And this is the way it was last year. They were, they were uh, like heavy on the back end. So that'll be interesting. What does January, February look like? Cause it's, it's nice when you're, you know, you play a game and you have 10 days off in between or whatever that looks like. Um, so when crunch time comes down January, February, when they're making those games up, that will be, it'll be fun to see and the resiliency. Yeah. And that, that is something for folks at home. I mean, with the wide swath of the USPHL Seattle to San Diego, Southern Florida to Maine. That is the entire continental U.S. Every season's different. You have guys who are starting at the end of August, early September. You have the Havoc who are starting in October or in late September. You have you have the Aviators who, when we did our first power rankings of the year, still hadn't played a game. They didn't play a game until October 12th. So you just everybody's business model is different. The league is so large that it's just 
it's fun to see the different tacks taken throughout this game. And Brian, I've got my parting words for today. We try to keep it along with our guests. And when I think about you on a call, when I listen to you calling a game, when I watch Havoc Hockey on Hockey TV, it's a treat for me, right? And it's always, it feels to me like when I see a guy like you calling a game, it's a victory for for me, right? In in my heart. It's like, we love this this industry of broadcasting so much. And I am a firm believer that you get to places on the backs of others and then you grab them and you pull them up with you, right? And you continue to do that. You don't pull ladders away when you get to another level or as you grow throughout something. It's just, it's exciting. I want to win. I always, Lucas, I tell Lucas this, I tell everybody who we work with this and every broadcast we work with. I don't want to win Wimbledon and celebrate alone with a glass of champagne. I want to spray the champagne with 30, 40 other guys and gals that won with me, right? That's what I want to do. And Brian, my quote this week, it's from George Bernard Shaw. People who say it cannot be done should not interrupt those who are doing it. And that's something I think you are a guy who's doing it. We work hard to do this each and every day. Brian Gendro, if you haven't listened in, you better Get to Hockey TV right now. You can watch back his call of the Minnesota Mullets 6-1 defeat at the hands of this Havoc team. They're 4-0 right now. They're heading into a buzzsaw of an event in Minnesota. It's going to be good hockey all weekend long. You can listen in. You can watch live on Hockey TV. Keep watching the Dan K Show. Thank you to our sponsors. Remastered Sleep. I made their slogan. They're out of Minnesota, too. It's the water bottle of your dreams. You will get a better, more restful sleep, and you'll stop snoring. Take the mask off. Get rid of the mask. We're not Darth Vader. You know what you do? You get this water bottle. These are medical innovators who have built a water bottle with the technology to strengthen the muscles that keep you from snoring. You get the water bottle today, 10% off at checkout with Dan K Show 2022. Lucas, I got the coupon code right this time. Next up, body trick. This is a hockey mom who has the all-natural hat trick for you. Body-trick.com. They've got all three of your major functions as a hockey player taken care of. The hair, the muscles, and guess what? The stink, because they all stink. Every hockey player, we all stink. We know it. We smelt the pads. We've had to put them outside in the winter and then put them on when they're freezing cold. We get it. The smell will go away in a minute. Notice with penalty kill spray from Body Trick. Go to body-trick.com today and put in your order for the penalty kill spray, the muscle relief. Oh man, it's icy hot. I gave some to Gino Binda, head of officiating. He said, Danny, I love it. My legs are feeling great. I don't know why, Lucas, what it was a bad impression. Next up, we've got GMU Sport. Get the muscles going, all right? I got real into making breads and pastas during quarantine, and I look like a giant loaf of bread. So what did I do? We partnered with GMU Sport. We're getting back in the shape. Protein powder, pre-workout, EAA, BCAAs. Limited time only. These deals are spooky good. Everything is 35% off in the store from October 25th to November 1st. Get to gmusport.com today and get your goods. If you don't order before November 1st, guess what? We still got you. 22% off USPHL 22 at checkout for 22% off your next order. Last but not least, Selly Salt, some hockey moms that can take your flavored to the next level. Sellysalt.com. Go get your Selly Salts. Delicious. The Sinbin Fire, all of it's good. We love to have it. I eat it all the time. And GMU Sports tell me stop eating so much salt. I say this is the one thing I'm not going to cut out. My celery salt's too good. Pueblo Bulls, run with the Bulls, our presenting sponsor. The Bulls are running to a rink near you. Watch out for them 
in Minnesota coming up. Brian Gendro, the best, the GOAT, broadcaster of the year. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for listening to the most watched show in junior hockey, The Dan K Show, presented by the Pueblo Bulls. For more information about The Dan K Show, head to www.dankshow.com.